coincide with the International Day of Older Persons, the Royal Australian College of General Practitioners has launched the fifth edition of the Silver Book, a go-to guide for the complex clinical care of older people. And RACGP President Dr. Harry Nespelon joined me earlier to talk about it. So, uh, yeah, Harry, tell us about this guide and, and why it's important. Well, the Silver Book's been produced by the college for some time now. Um, and the reason why it's important is that there is no other sort of centrally located or central repository of information about um, taking care of older Australians. Um, what's more important about it is that it's evidence-based or the level of evidence is presented in the document so you know how strong doing something is. Um, and it's important as obviously our population becomes less young. And so are there improvements or any clinical advancements that have been included since uh, the previous the previous editions have come out? Uh, there's a number of changes um, in it, including how to deal with dementia, how to improve in um, decreasing the amount of medications that patients are on, um, just to name a few. Mm. Well, I was going to say that those are two things that I was going to touch on. The you know state the civil yeah. book states that you know more than one in three GPs, uh, the patient GP patient encounters are with people over sixty five, and I, I think a criticism of of GPs as everyone kind of involved with aged care at the minute is under kind of a bit of a microscope is that they don't always fully grasp dementia at times or how one should deal with a newly diagnosed dementia patient. So, uh, what improvements are kind of going into the silver book with regards to that? Uh, look, the, I mean, I'd leave it up to people to read that themselves. Uh, look, dementia is a difficult um, issue to deal with or a difficult diagnosis to deal with in a patient because it's always in a context. In other words, in a family, in a situation where the family is very close and very supportive, it's not such a difficult problem. Where the patient is by themselves, um, alone in life, so to speak, with very little um, support, family support or other support, it makes it really difficult. Uh, you and again, you mentioned medicine, and, and you've worked. Uh, I believe um, you've been a representative on the Code of Conduct Committee for Medicines yeah. Australia, and um, obviously with your experience as a GP, um, this has been a massive issue during the, the Aged Care Royal Commission. What can GPs do to improve the way we medicate older Australians? Well, often it is a fight between the GP, the nursing home, and often the hospital. Uh, most GPs are working really hard to try and decrease the amount of medication that older patients are on. Clearly, older patients are much more sensitive to common medications, which really don't have a problem for most um, younger people. Often you, and I've certainly had this experience, often I've you know, cut patients off large numbers of medications, which I don't think they need. They go off to hospital and they're sent back on all of them again. And so then starts the process of getting them off those medications. Same with in nursing homes. Um, nursing homes um, would often prefer patients to be um, more calmer, I guess would be a, a way of describing it. And so once again, there's, a, there's a, a need to try and decrease the amount of medications that patients are on and there are pressures coming from all sorts of angles to keep them on more medications than they need to be. Mm. So in your opinion, who, who would be the best served to kind of make that final decision? Uh, it's clearly the general practitioner. Um, general practitioner doesn't have, um, you know, their, their only interest is in the patient and the well-being of the patient. And so we are trying, as given the circumstances that a patient's in, 
uh, be it in this they are in a nursing home or not, that we do keep them on the lowest amount of medication that they need to be on, especially psychoactive medication. Mm-hmm. Having said that, though, that doesn't mean that they should be on no medication. Um, you know, there are patients where uh, their behaviour, both to themselves um, and to their family, can be quite unacceptable and very difficult for the patient to be managed. And in those situations, which are uh, probably a little more uncommon than common, um, the patient might require some uh, psychoactive medication and they and and also there are Australian guidelines to suggest that they should be. It's not just uh, something that's being done uh, willy-nilly. And, and so do we need some sort of legislation or policy framework that says that GPs ultimately make decisions that nobody can stray from? Look, I don't know if there needs to be regulation. I mean, that seems always the answer to everything. Um, it's not that there needs to be regulation. The only thing that I think needs to be done is a systematic review of patients medication, especially if we're talking about psychoactive medication. The guidelines suggest every three months and it should be done formally every three months. And that's probably the only bit of regulation if you want to uh, if you want to call it that that might need to be introduced. At the end of the day it's a, it's a discussion between the patients, if they are in a nursing home, the nursing home and the family, if there is a family around. And that's where the decision making should lie. Um, shouldn't lie outside of that group. You've worked for the AMA in the past, and uh, yesterday they called yep. for a number of changes to the aged care system, along with the ANMF. Uh, one particular facet involved GPs. They'd like to see increased GP aged care Medicare rebates for patients to facilitate enhanced medical practitioner care of uh, aged care residents. Uh, what is your opinion on that? Uh, we would strongly support it. I think we've actually advocated for that all along. I'm going to see a patient who's got um, an older patient with multiple problems, so usually complex um, problems. They require quite a bit of time to sort them out, um, and that time uh, should be remunerated to the GP. And that doesn't necessarily mean just face-to-face time. It should also mean uh, remunerating the GP for non-face-to-face time, as we just discussed. Um, often you do need to talk to the family. Often you do need to talk to the nursing home. I think the I mean, just finding the patient can often be a difficult um, problem in a large um, nursing home, especially if you haven't seen them. Uh, and secondly, trying to find some staff to instructions to can also take quite a bit of time. Mm-hmm. Um, they also called for just basically more GPs, more. Um you know, doctors in aged care facilities, and I'm assuming this is something you'd be for as well. Uh, yeah, look, absolutely. There are different models which are which are emerging about how general practitioners are working in aged care facilities. So you have everything from the GP taking care of their own patient who's been in their patient in, the, in their practice for a long time and moving to an aged care facility to um, to some nursing homes where they're actually hiring doctors to be the GP for the nursing home. We're not so keen on the latter. Um, we certainly need, I think it's important from a safety point of view and an independent set of eyes point of view to have no um, sort of direct sort of employer-employee relationship between the nursing home and the doctor. Uh, having said that, there are groups of doctors who are now 
um, working solely in aged care, um, and that arm's length agreement um, shouldn't put any pressure on them to um, prescribe or to act in any other way than in the patient's best interest. And uh, the AMA, uh, perhaps surprisingly, I'm not sure if the RACGP would have a, an opinion on this, they've called for ratios uh, as well as the NMF, obviously, who have a long history of that. Do you have an opinion on that? Look, um, there does need to be more people in, uh, sorry, more nurses in nursing homes. Um, we would agree with that. Um, the, you know, one way of de-prescribing or having patients on less psychoactive medication is having nurses around to actually see take care of the patients, so I say even sit with the patients when they're not particularly well. Um, we would agree with that. The real question is who pays for that additional staffing. Well, Dr Harry Nespelon, thank you very much for joining us to talk about this. Anytime.